This episode is sponsored by Paleo Valley. Paleo Valley's meat sticks have been a lifesaver during this hot summer. Since they're shelf stable, I always have three Paleo Valley meat sticks in my bag at all times. It's also been perfect for my boys' lunch boxes. I love Paleo Valley's grass finished beef sticks and pasture raised turkey sticks because they support US family farmers that focus on regenerative agriculture. These meat sticks are from animals that have never been fed grains, soy, corn, or GMOs and have never been given antibiotics. The spices in these meat sticks are also 100% organic. The sticks come in five different flavors, and my favorite is the original beef stick, and my boys love the teriyaki beef sticks and the original pasture raised turkey stick. Paleo Valley's meat sticks are a perfect snack and, frankly, a great value without skimping on quality. Each stick is about $2 with our discount code, and it comes in a 10 pack bag. Make sure to support this podcast and head over to paleovalley.comslash CATG and use code CATG to get 15% off your first order. Thanks for listening and supporting the Cutting Against the Grain podcast. Laura and I are just going to be talking really candid. This is what this podcast is all about. It's one thing to say, I want to eat something else that's not meat. It's a whole other thing to say, you need to eat something else that's not meat. If you notice that you're jumping from diet to diet, at a certain point, you have to wonder. The only common denominator is me. Get outside, go for a walk, get some vitamin D, breathe some fresh air,、uh, and, and stay happy and healthy and, and take care of yourselves. Let's just have some real talk. <laughs> Welcome to the Cutting Against the Grain podcast. Welcome back to the Cutting Against the Grain podcast. My name is Laura Spath, and I am joined by my wonderful friend and co host, Judy Cho. So, she and I got into a conversation, and then we're just catching up before this. And then we decided we better hit record and continue our conversation because we were kind of just venting to each other a little bit. There's been some, you know, bigger、um, information that's come out this week. From people who have been carnivore for a long time and really been a valuable resource in the carnivore community. And now they're making videos saying that like sugar's not bad for you and you keto can be damaging and doing this long term is damaging. And so, you know, obviously Judy and I have pretty strong opinions on that. And we just want to discuss, we're just going to continue our conversation、um, here that we had already started a little bit and hopefully just set your mind at ease or talk about context of why. It is important that some people are strict carnivore、um, and just re- realistic, I guess, at least for us. Because I know for myself and for Judy, neither one of us would have made it this far and had this much healing or be this healthy without a carnivore diet. And so I think that's where we both are sitting right now and where our discussion has led us. It's, it just really makes us sad and frustrated. Honestly, I get a little pissed that. This information is out there. And, you know, she and I are the first people to say that if you want to have carbs and you want to have fruits and sugars, great, you can do that. It's an option for you. But to say that eating only meat is damaging to you is where I get frustrated because I know how much healing it has brought so many people.、Um, and I think that's just where I know it really breaks my heart that people are being. Scared away from this.、Um, and also, I guess, to all that, the message of saying that somebody is dogmatic because they say that meat only is healing is that's to me, that's not being dogmatic. That's just showing that there's an option to say that doing meat only is bad for you and that keto is damaging and dangerous. Well, that sounds pretty dogmatic to me. I don't know the exact studies. So, 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 with that terminology, I find it just very funny that we use that a lot in this space and it's just even beyond the space, right? So, I hate people, that word. Yeah, I mean, there's other words that people use too. To, it's just defining something and then judging that person based on that. So, it's like if you were to tell me something and I would say, You're a conspiracy theorist. After that, anything you say, I can just say, well, she's kind of crazy because she's a conspiracy theorist, right? So it's the same thing. Oh, you're dogmatic. Well, then anything I say that's pro me will be like,、right. oh, it's because she's dogmatic, because she's dogmatic. And the funny thing is, this person is 
saying that you have to have carbs. I can give you a really short rundown of what I understand from it. Basically, I had a few people that said, I think this diet, a carnivore diet, and strategically, this person didn't even say carnivore, said keto. And it's really smart because if you use carnivore, then someone can say, well, that's weird because your whole content is carnivore based. So didn't you write a book about carnivore? (laughs) (laughs) So instead, it's it's um, keto, right? Because keto is not the same in terms of definitions. And so in this short video, it's basically like, hey, here's all the things that happened that have shown my health decline and then showed some blood work. Obviously, in context, it's like, we don't really know exactly what happened. That's fine. This person also shows information about studies then of here's all the things that happened to me. And look at guys, look at all the studies I found that back it up. So testosterone has dropped. Oh my gosh, look at, I found a study on how testosterone drops with a ketogenic diet. Uh, T3 drops. Oh my gosh, guys, look at this study. There's a ketogenic diet study that the T3 dropped and, and just goes through all of this. And when you hear it, it's like, oh my gosh, I have to eat sugar. And he even went as far and showed a study that diabetic patients were eating honey and the other group was not. And in the study, they don't even show what they were eating that though, but said that honey for diabetics did not do anything to their glucose. And that's what he argues. But then in the fine print or right next to, and I don't know if he read this part, but it said, but be careful because A1C did go up for these people. So, which is what indicates if you're diabetic or not. Right. Right. And for somebody whose entire family has been saved from this and had to eliminate sugar and has reduced their A1C and has healed. I mean, I don't know how long I have to stay on this diet before I can consider myself a long-termer, but I feel like I'm crossing that element The hard part for me is that when you have people who were never obese, who were never metabolically damaged, who were never unhealthy from eating too much processed foods and sugar, who were never in that place where they had to go to the other extreme to heal, when they talk about forcing this moderation or they talk about you need carbs to maintain healthy, well, you were never unhealthy because you had too many carbs. And so you're right. There's a lot of people who don't need to go to this extreme, but scaring people away from being me only and cutting out all sugar is so damaging because there's so many people who are not going to be able to heal without going to that extreme. If you look at the studies, they're so flawed. And I didn't look at every single study, but I looked at several of them. And in my newsletter last week, I brought up studies. So for example, there was one study that talked about T3 dropping and these were kids. They were kids and they were between the ages of three years old and 10 years old. And who knows if your thyroid markers are the same as if you're an adult. And then secondly, they were epileptic, which um, affects maybe 1% of the population, but their markers for T3 dropped on a ketogenic diet. And I don't think it was for long-term, but still That's not the population of people that we're talking about, right? So can this same person when was fighting for carnivore would argue these points about vegan diets or studies or plant-based studies or heart attack studies and now is doing the same fear mongering. Why didn't he show that context of, hey, by the way, though, this is for kids and it's also for kids that have epilepsy. That is not a sample population. But it's just extrapolating the data saying that it's affecting your T3 negatively, right? It's We see the same thing that's happening right now with COVID and vaccines, whether you're pro or anti, or whether you think that people are dying from the vaccine or people are dying without the vaccine. Like you can take a sample of people in a population and pull out whatever information that you want it to do, which is why it's so, this is a complete side tangent, but why it's so frustrating when people say, trust the science. Well, which scientists? Only the scientists you agree with or the scientists that I agree with, right. because there's scientists saying whatever you want them to say, which is why using a study or using a small sample of studies to prove your point that something is extremely dangerous and something that you should stay away from is so frustrating and hurtful because it's not giving a full picture to what's really going on or like to the possibilities. We've said, first of all, does everybody need to be strict carnivore? No. But is it damaging for a lot of people? No. No. So I, so I used the same methodology and I found a study that showed that 
as ridiculous as this is, there was a population of, I think it was 40 or 50 healthy people, and they did excessive exercise and under eight for just three or four days, right? That's not enough of a time frame, but still their T3 dropped. But the interesting fact is that when these people, although they were over-exercising, when they ate enough, when they ate sufficiently, their T3 markers normalized. So again, I can say, well, actually, this one even shows exercise. And these were people normal and healthy in population. And you can even argue that that's not even a sample size for carnivores, right? Because a lot of people that come to carnivore are ill in some way. But still, it's a more representative sample. So to me, I would say, oh, maybe people are over-exercising and under-eating. And if you are nourishing your body enough, then maybe it's not an issue. I I really think with this particular individual, he likely did not eat enough fat. And I think he was overeating a lot of liver. And I was when just going to say organs, like it's too much organs and it's not enough actual fat for your body. Cause you're so worried about eating grass finished, grass fed, organic, perfectly panda massaged meat, like that. And all these organs, well, there's not a lot of fat in organs yeah. and you're eating all this like old, sad cows who never got any fat. And so you don't get to eat any of that good fat because they're too lean and grass finished. But if you don't eat enough fat, right? So if you think of the primary fuel sources as fat or sugar, and if he wasn't eating carbs, and I believe he really wasn't, so then he's eating a lot of protein and then working out hard, which is a tax on the endocrine system. I mean, no wonder he he and many others get imbalances in electrolytes. I mean, was he eating enough fat, right, to help the spark plugs of minerals? And it's just really unfortunate because I don't think he works with anyone. Maybe he works with one person, two people that are super uber famous. That is not a population of people. Again, these are athletes and specialist people, but I work with a lot of the carnivore community and it's not the same as the population he believes is the majority. I mean, the majority of America is obese and sick and unwell. That's why most people are scared of this pandemic. Well, the things like the death rate wouldn't be as high and it wouldn't be as in the new. It wouldn't be something that is to be feared for some people because the healthier that you are, the better outcome you're likely to have. And I just think he's doing a disservice. I mean, he believes something different and now he's showing and backing up studies. And that's where I just was like, okay, I'm going to look at the studies. And it was a joke. Like there were some studies where the population was six people and it was for like 11 days. The study was on 11 days. So it's not even a statistical significant study. And it, I couldn't believe it. It's like this person that I used to respect and showed efficacy of this diet through studies. Now I just wonder, like, when you move on to something else, are you going to show more studies that way too? And it's just, it's so unfortunate because he has a footing in a way in the diet that people think whatever he says is true. But because there is this preface of everybody else who doesn't think this way is dogmatic, like, because now we're having this conversation of like standing up for meat and defending a strict carnivore diet. And to be honest, you know, like uh, you sound dogmatic and you sound like you're closed minded when you say that, yeah, some people just aren't doing it right because we've all teased the vegans. That's the thing. When people try to leave a vegan diet because they're unhealthy, all the vegans rally around and say, well, that's just because you didn't do it right. Right, right. And maybe that's a part of it. I ate a vegan diet. I was eating no added protein. I wasn't eating any of the fake meats or any of that kind of stuff. And I was extremely unhealthy. Now, is there a way to do a vegan diet more healthy than another way? Sure. It's still not great in my opinion, obviously, and from my experience, but the same thing with carnivore, you can be carnivore and not be doing it right. And when you say carnivore didn't work for me, It's saying that, you know, what you were doing and how you were approaching that carnivore diet wasn't working for you. And I think that the biggest problem that I see, especially with women and especially with older women, is that they are not eating enough. They are over fasting and they are not eating enough fat to help them through this transition, through menopause, their hair starts thinning. Um, The same thing happened to me when I was doing carnivore in the beginning. I was eating one pound to one and a half pounds of meat per day. And it was a ribeye and I was cutting out all the big chunks of fat that were in there. Well, then once I had lost a bunch of weight, I started exercising and it was intense because I'm crazy and I only know how to do things one way. And I was doing these intense weightlifting classes, 
three or four times a week and then also working out with a personal trainer. So I'm cutting out all the fat on my meat. I'm still doing my two 48 hour fasts a week and I'm exercising a ton and all my hair starts falling out. So what do you think that's because of the fact that I was doing a carnivore diet or was it from other compounding factors as well? And I truly believe in fasting. You guys know that I'm a huge supporter still of fasting, even though in the context of that exact circumstance, I was not approaching fasting right with the food that I was eating, with the exercising that I was doing, with the weight that I was at, right? I did it wrong in the moment, but it doesn't mean that fasting was the problem. It means that I was the problem with the way that I approached it. And again, somebody posted on Instagram yesterday about what they ate for the day. Now, this is somebody who, it's a woman. It's somebody who's middle-aged, like a I don't know, middle age. What's middle age considered anymore? But I know I was going to say careful, <laughs> right? What's middle age? I'm almost middle aged apparently. So what's anyway, a middle aged premenopausal woman. And for her, she exercises a lot for her meals for the day. She had two different meals. Both of them were a pound of ground meat of some kind. And they were cooked like pound of ground meat. The fat was drained. This post said that that was 1800 calories. If you look at the package, it does say 1800 calories for this two pounds of meat. However, you're draining all of the fat from that. You have two pounds of ground beef or ground meat of some kind. You drain all of the fat out of that. That is way less than 1800 calories because you're taking out all the fat. Then on top of that, you are exercising a ton. Then on top of that, you don't have a lot of stored body fat. I am concerned for people like this. And the message that they're sending, is it someday going to come out that it's not working for her or that she needs to incorporate carbs or that she needs to incorporate sugars or she's having hormone issues? Yeah, maybe. And then the problem becomes not the fact that there was something missing, but then the problem now is the message of the fact that the carnivore was what didn't work. And that's what I'm concerned about. If you ate 90% ground beef and you had two pounds, it's only 1600 calories. But is that ninety percent with high. with the fat in it, or yeah, is that ninety percent like that's? But most people drain the fat on ground right. beef. You're right. Yes, uh, I had a client that she was eating the way I recommended, and she wasn't really losing weight, and she had a stressful period in her life, so she was kind of just eating what she could in terms of a carnivore world, and then she was losing weight. But all of a sudden, her she wasn't doing as well, and then. She felt like she was losing hair and then she also felt like her hair skin was thinning. So we ended up plugging her food into a, uh, like a chronometer and she was eating 800 calories. She's like, but I'm finally losing weight. And I'm like, woman, you cannot be eating this low. So I was like, I try to bargain with her to eat like 12 to 16. And, you know, I've heard from other people in the space that some other doctors recommend losing weight by eating 800 calories. And that will wreck your hormones. One of the biggest things about keto is that you're not hungry often. And when you're not hungry, it's easy to skip a meal. And people will use the argument of, well, they say eat when you're hungry and I'm never hungry. And and that's when, again, the hair loss will come and when um, your metabolism will slow down, that'll affect your thyroid. And if you're not eating enough fat, same thing, possibly not getting iodine, that could be another reason. Or if you're not eating enough protein. And then they just blame the diet instead of, well, maybe there's something that I've missed. And I'm fine if people are saying, okay, this diet doesn't work, I'm gone. But why why trash it while you leave, right? So why does this person have to say, guys, if you eat this way long term, you are going to mess up your hormones, mess up your testosterone, mess up your thyroid, mess up your electrolytes. And then, um, and also sugar is not bad. Look at these diabetics, they're okay eating honey. So therefore you can eat honey. So insane. And, and they they were type two diabetics, and it's crazy because when I looked at the studies, there were so many holes, and it's just really like this is what this is amounted to is that you have this platform, and now you're showing these really really poorly done studies as studies. It's it's just a shame because the thing is, there's no one in the space that will argue him, and that is the part that makes me so incredibly sad. 
Yeah. It's just because it's, uh, there's just no conversation that can be had about it. Right. It just yeah. turns into a bully situation and there's totally. no way to have like an open-minded conversation because it's about who's the most right. And that's again, what's frustrating. I think that the missing piece to all this is that, you know, there isn't true that seed oils are bad and toxic and that's what's causing yeah. a lot of problems and diabetes. A hundred percent. Totally. I support that fully. Should we be staying away from a lot of those toxic seed oils? Yeah, absolutely. I try to keep that out of my kid's diet, no matter what people were eating carbs. I, my grandfather just turned 90 and he spent the majority of his life eating carbs. He's still healthy. He goes out and chops wood every day. He's eating carbs. He gr- eats a lot of potatoes that he grows on his own farm. He has apple trees out back that he gets off of his farm, but he also wasn't eating processed foods. Like everything that he was eating was bread and, and carbs and things that, and tons of meat, obviously, but things that he grew in his own garden. And he lived in a very remote still does. He's still super healthy. He's 90. He's on zero prescriptions. You know, he also is lives. He's way more active than I am. He goes out and like feeds his cows every day and is super active. Well, he hasn't had access to tons of processed foods and all these toxic oils. So he's somebody who likely can handle that type of um, thing. But for the majority of people, the idea that you are allowed to have sugar, white cane sugar, sugar from fruit, sugar from juices, sugar from honey, as long as you have zero toxic seed oils, first of all, most people are already unhealthy enough that that's not going to fix it, right? We're already in this pendulum. Second of all, we've all had this addiction and this taste for processed foods. So we can't eliminate them just as simply as like eating honey and eating this fruit without adding in most of it as a trigger for a lot of us. And then thirdly, It is impossible in today's society to 100% eliminate these toxic seed oils unless you, I mean, unless you're as extreme as somebody who like cooks 100% of your own meals all the time. Like you can't eat out ever, literally ever. You can't buy anything from the store ever. You know, it's almost impossible to cut those things out. I do my best to eliminate it as much as possible but I travel a lot for work. Do I eat something that comes from a restaurant that's likely cooked in some kind of oil? Yeah, probably. It's just, it's just, that's the way my life is. Unless you live on a remote compound in the middle of a third world country where you're buying and cooking all of your own food hundred percent of the time, it's very unrealistic to think that you can eliminate all of those oils hundred percent of the time and be able to incorporate this sugar without it leading to something else. Again, most of us have, I have a full-time job and I'm a full-time mom and I travel like crazy. My entire life is not maintaining my physique and exercising and cooking and working about food. Why do you think actors and actresses can be able to maintain a body type that puts them comfortable to take their shirt off on TV or whatever for movies? That's because that's their job. Their job is to look good. I have a real life job and I don't have time to spend my entire day worrying about what I'm eating and what I look like and exercising for hours a day to get my body in this shape or whatever. I don't know. That was a but even rant, but like, you know what I'm even, saying? Even those actors and actresses, a lot of them come out saying they had eating disorders, right? So maybe yeah. it's not normal to be as thin as people portray. And the people that do get that thin on a carnivore diet, a lot of them have issues. And then they say, oh my gosh, the diet wrecked me. Maybe our standards for what is thin and what looks good is unrealistic. Think about all the people that are influencers that have mega followings. They look like unrealistic neighbors, right? Would you imagine your neighbor looking like that? I mean, I'm, I don't care if people eat some carbs, it's not an issue. But when you say that you cannot eat a ketogenic diet, which really this person meant carnivore, but again, can't say that because it'll wreck the brand. So really this keto carnivore diet, because it'll ruin your health. It's just unfortunate because for so many people, this black and white diet can help in so many ways to get back your freedom. And this time I debunked some of the studies. It's just, come on, like you can do better. We have to do better as influencers. It is not just about your N equals one. And that's where I get really upset because I can share my N equals one. I could share my mom's story and I do a little bit, but I don't base my whole scientific 
model and where what I practice and preach just based on my own because I can say, well, you know what? Carnivore didn't really make me thin. I'm more normal weight than ever now. When the vegan diet, I was thin and I probably could show my emaciated body and maybe that diet worked better. But you know what? I almost lost my mental health completely through that diet. But I don't advocate for this diet because of just me. It's through because of my hundreds of clients. I probably... Like I'm probably one of the influencers in the space that I've worked with the longest amount of carnivores than anyone else. I mean, honestly, the, the these people that are advocating for something other than carnivore now, they don't see clients. It it drives me crazy. Like they don't they don't work with real world people. So how do they even know? Just because someone on the internet said, "Oh my gosh, your story fits exactly like mine." Go, bro. You know, it's so silly. Like who are those people? I think too, or they were the people, you know, you do see it where they had a following of people who were doing what they were doing, but that was under eating. And that was not properly getting a balance of protein and fat, whether it was eating all this crazy amounts of fat and no protein, right? We saw that fad come and go pretty quickly because nobody could stop with the diarrhea and they all started having issues because they weren't eating enough protein. And then there's the other extreme where everybody's following along with the fat of like eating extremely high protein and almost no fat and like so extreme where your body's not getting any of those nutrients. And we are seeing issues with hormones and hair loss and other problems on that side of things. Totally. And so there's, there's these fads that come and go. We saw the MCT powder fad go. We now we're in protein spirit modified, like everything we talk about, it comes and goes and everybody's looking for something that's quick and easy. And we all want the answers. We all want somebody to tell us what to do. I get it. You want a simple explanation of like why you are broken and how to fix it and how to maintain your weight loss. You and I asked for questions. Our next episode is going to be a Q&A. And half of those questions are people just saying, how do I stop binging? How can I eliminate yeah. carbs? How can I stay on track? Because it is ridiculously hard for the average person. And we want an answer. We want to buy a supplement. We want to get a book. We want to get a checklist. We want to pay a coach to fix the root causes that we are experiencing and our deep-seated relationships with food that come from emotional baggage, that come from trauma, that come from processed food addiction. All of those things can't be fixed by having somebody give you a checklist or sell you something or you mimic what somebody else is doing. It's been my mantra for the last three and a half years is you can't do exactly what I do and expect the same results. First of all, you don't even know. I, I'll i tell you I'm honest, but do you really know what is happening behind the screen and outside of my little world and the sliver that I show you on Instagram and YouTube? Do you really know what's happening and I think that's the problem is we think we know what's being shared, but there's so much behind the surface. And so trying to mimic what somebody else is doing ends up just causing this spiral. And then unfortunately, you know, we see time and time again where somebody is portraying their life and everything's going great and everything is going fine and they act like everything is working. And then <gasps> shock and awe, new video reveals this has been damaging my new switch. Duh, duh. Click here for my radical problem and how I solved it. Well, wait a second. I've been watching you and your content every day for the last six months to a year. You didn't say anything about I that. Know, I know. And now all of a sudden it's like shocking reveal. This is not working for me. Well, where was that in your day-to-day -day life of you sharing right. your story? Sorry, that's not how that works. And Listen, I don't even blame them. Share what, do what you want to do. It's not even about them. It's about the point that like we can't figure out what's working for us by trying to mirror what somebody else is doing and expecting to have the same result. That's my point. I'm not even trying to bash like. No, whatever. but that's the thing. Our psyche, the psychology of dieting and a lot of this plays into that. So when, you know, I read a study a long time ago um, where basically when you don't know someone, like one of the reasons why internet dating sometimes breaks compared to meeting someone online is because there are holes in our expectations of that person, right? So we can see them on the phone, we can talk to them, but we imagine things a part of their personality that's not there. And then when we meet them in real life, we get the full kind of 3D version and we're like, whoa, they're not the person I thought they were. And so then you kind of like them a little bit less. And that that is exactly what happens with influencers, right? So we think 
oh, I've been following this person for five years. I, I know them. I, I, I really know them. I know what they eat every day. And it's like, come on. They, they show maybe an hour in accumulation of their life in a week. There was a person I was watching and she, she was part of some documentary. And she basically said that she shares the New York City guide and that she had been living in LA for a full year. But in this Instagram stories and posts, <laughs> she was sharing that in New York City and she has a million followers. And that that is the reality of the internet. It's There's a lot of, if you're super successful, you're really good at what you're doing. And so what you're doing is sometimes it has to be a facade. We are human. We are going to have bad days. If any of these influencers are never showing a bad day, it's like, wait a minute, you just showed all this blood work on your video that you were struggling, but you also have interviews where you fought for your low T3 or you fought for other things in the carnivore space. So all along you weren't feeling well, why, why didn't you share that part with the community that may have also been struggling and help you figure out the answer? Like why, why are you hiding it? If you're an influencer and you're really sharing your life, or are you just sharing a representation that people expect of you? And it's this like ping ponging of what's not reality. And then the influencer shares the not reality. So everyone's escaping together, but no one is winning and no one is happy in the end. And that's the part that makes me so sad. And why I've been kind of hands off with social media is that we have these really thin influencers that are like, come to this diet. Uh, we can we can show you how to be thin and pretty. And then people follow that. A lot of people, especially that are older and it doesn't work. And then they start losing their hair. They're overly fasting in ways when they're not refeeding properly or having enough fat because they're eating the lean proteins. And they're like, what is going on? I'm getting hot flashes. My hair's falling out. Um, and people are asking to work with me. You know, my, my list to work with me, the wait list has doubled in the last few months. And I don't know what happened when I always say I'm not taking any new clients. And that just shows me whatever people's advice they're following is not working. And then instead, then they hear the video of this person saying, if you eat this way, your thyroid's going to drop your hair's going to, and it's like, oh my gosh, that's me. This diet really You're doesn't work. You're peace. You I need know. sugar. You have to eat a bunch of sugar. You have to eat, you know, eat these things. That's the missing piece. Yeah. And then dun, dun, dun. Here's Ray Pete with all the excess sugar, but you could still eat liver. You could still eat lean meats. Right. But it's like, I'm sorry, guys, you are taxing your liver by doing that. Um, but if you look at some of the people that follow repeat, um, I, I'm sorry, I, I'm going to call it out. I don't think they all look healthy. And not that the visual is everything, right? So maybe they have their own illness. I don't follow any of these people enough to even know. But I mean, is it the right way, right? Like I always say, if you're going to follow someone, follow them for long term. Yeah, but I also want to say like, I agree, follow people long term, but it's also not anybody who shares online, it's not their responsibility to tell you everything. Like, I'm sorry, most people share a highlight reel and that's okay. I'm a hot mess. Y'all know that. And that's okay for me to show that if somebody else doesn't want to come on with in as a hot mess and like show the worst sides of them, that's okay too. The problem that I have with it is that when they come out and say something is not working and you shouldn't do it either and talk about demonizing something that they were doing. That's the problem that I have with it. It's not that you have to, I don't need to confess to you anything, right? Like I can, I share my struggles. I share things, but I don't treat this as like a confessional in any way. And I feel like, you know, if it's helping people great, but I also think that people need to take everything that's seen and shared online with a grain of salt and realize that what you're seeing on the internet is not reality. The problem that I have then is when they come out and say, surprise, this wasn't working for me. And here's this big thing. And now everything that I've been telling you to do for the last six months, and like you said, defending it to their core is now completely wrong. And we need to do it a different way. And like, you can't do it that way either and come over here and buy this new thing and try this new test and do this new supplement and buy this new program so that now you can learn the real way to do it. Like that's, that's the part that's frustrating. You don't listen, you don't know anybody, anything. You don't have to share what you don't want to share, but the reveal and the demonization of what was happening before is where I have a problem. Yeah. And then saying, Hey, if you believe my old ways, you're dogmatic. (laughs) Yes. It's so crazy. No, I mean, yes. And the thing is, the reality is that most people that consume social media, they're not looking that 
in depth. And so they're not like, wait a minute, what you said this, but then said this, and now you're doing that. Most people don't follow that closely. So it's the other influencers or it's the people that are really invested for their health that notice these nuances. But it's like people need to really pay attention to what they consume. I mean, that's there. There's a saying where like you hear something like seven times. I think in marketing, it's like you, you knock on someone's door nine times. Eventually they'll crack, right? Eventually the tree will fall down. So how many times do you have to hear that sugar is good for you, that carnivore is ruining your thyroid, that eventually you'll say, oh my gosh, maybe if I eat a little bit of sugar today, it's okay. Because maybe that is why I have low energy. You know, and, right. and it becomes a very easy, slippery slope. And then I'll get messages from people that are not doing well saying, hey, um, I'm carnivore, but I'm eating eight tablespoons of sugar and or, or honey, and I don't feel well, but I'm, I've been feeling amazing on carnivore. And now my gut is a mess. And it's because I had, and then as I dig, it's like, oh, you had a life change. It's because your blood sugar, your endocrine system cannot handle the stress. Right. And it's just, it's just really unfortunate because this this when i think of my mom when i think of your mom that's when i get really sad because these are our moms have healed so much from this way of eating and they they fought it hard and and now i know they've added so many more years to their life i mean we're talking about how your mom's bone health has gotten stronger and my mom i think she struggled with um not osteoporosis but osteopenia and i think she's overall getting better i mean she looks she, literally she looks like she's aging in reverse every time i see her and if I told her that, hey, you got to stop this diet, I think she would say, what? Why? Like, it doesn't make sense. In my journey, I I look great and I feel great and I don't know what you're talking about. And I wish yeah. more people can get there because my mom has now been doing it for three years. And if only people could get there. It's a really interesting thing because typically the people that are consuming this type of content like listening to this podcast. Like I think you and I talk all the time. We don't listen to a lot of like my life has moved on in a sense. Like if it weren't for social media, I really wouldn't think or talk about what I eat on a regular basis. Like this is not something that I really, I just eat steak now and I live my life and I listen to podcasts every day and none of them are nutritional based. And I have a really crazy life that I love outside of talking about carnivore and what I eat. And it's like, Oh, I sit down to record and it's like, okay, I got to dial in and see, I got to go see what's going on with carnivore and nutrition. And like, it's just not something that's in my life because I have eaten this way. I'm working to heal and I'm moving on. If I'm feeling temptation, if I'm getting out of whack, then I go back and I start listening to podcasts again and I catch up on those things. But it's interesting because people who share in this space, like myself, I feel like I need to make content for new people because you're constantly having new people come in or the people that are really listening to your stuff long-term are the ones that are the sickest and that need the most help. And most people get really obsessive about a diet or a weight of eating. And then either they heal and they move on, they lose weight and they just like stop consuming this full time or they become a coach. They struggle. They become a coach. That's so true. (laughs) They become a coach or they struggle and fall off and on and off and on. And like, stop listening because they're in shame and they go eat what they want to eat. And then they come back and they're like on and off and they continue to listen to this. But like, it's just a very interesting thing for when we share. And then most people don't see that roller coaster that happens or all the left turns or, or they're sick and they're following along with them at the same time. So it's just very interesting because most people likely are not paying attention to this world, this community long-term. No, that's exactly it. I mean, I have several clients that are becoming coaches and it's amazing. You know, I have been working a lot on the database for Carnivore Cures, the food toxin database. And then I've also been really thinking a lot about the Carnivore Cure Future Program. And so I first thought, okay, well, we need to teach about why meat is good, why all of this and all this science stuff. And what I have found with my clients over the years is that what the hardest part of this diet is in any diet is finding the ability to make it stick. And yeah. so if you, even though I'm making this really intense program or working towards it and thinking and reading and taking so much information in, it's less about like, I really think the very beginning will be a little bit of why carnivore is good. And then the rest is going to be a lot of tough love, 
um, mental health challenges, right? A lot of finding the root cause. Yes, yes. And it's figuring out, I'm sorry, you're following 10 people. If you don't, if you are going to follow the content of 10 different people that are pushing you along, then you can't be part of this group, right? It'll be intense in the sense of, I need you to just be laser focused in this one thing, focus on healing, and you need to destroy all the other noise for a temporary period of time. And I'm just figuring out how to find a program or make a program that will make it stick. And I think some of it will involve some tough love, but it'll make it stick and actually get to root cause healing and actually get you to get your life back. So you don't even have to listen to this anymore. Right. Exactly. That's what we want. Like move on with your life and go back to it. And like, you know, we don't want people to struggle long-term and hopefully you are in that position where you are on your way to healing, or this is motivating and like everything that, you know, that happens, we want people to continue to heal and go back to living their happy life and not to struggle. I still go through times where I struggle, but the majority of the time I am living my life and it's happy and I don't have to feel that way all the time. And that's, that's the goal is to have longer periods of time where I'm feeling great and I'm not thinking about food all the time. Yeah. But that's why I brought up the program and why I'm focusing on the mental side. It just shows that it's not just the diet. It's not the right macros. Exactly. I mean, having higher fat in the beginning is ideal, but it's not the right macros. It's not following the right influencer and getting exactly what they eat. Cause I mean, newsflash, we all look so different, right? I am, my roots are from Asia. I have no idea, Laura, where you're from. <laughs> Listen, I'm from the Midwest. Listen, I know, Judy, I'm just a basic white person, okay? That's it. There's no eclectic culture there, Judy. It's just Indiana. That's it. But my point is, you probably your family probably didn't grow up with like the... I don't know, the, whatever Asians ate long eons ago, right? And so it's just, it's crazy. There's genetics part of it, right? My my grandma lived until she was 89, but she fell victim to diabetic complications and she passed away. Um, but she ate a lot of the, she ate very little protein. Um, and and But I think some of the reason why she lived that long was that it's her genes, right? She had the blessing of her genes. And, and some of it is we can alter through our diet, but there are some things that just are our genes. And that's why when people are like, oh, the Okinawans or the Italians, they eat a lot of pasta and look how they live. Who cares? That's not your genes, right? It's just our modern day pastas aren't healthy for us now, right? It's just, it's just so crazy to me as you have to find what works for you, but be honest, right? If you are not eating enough every day and you say, oh, I had a pound of meat, but I don't feel hungry, so I'm not going to eat anymore. At that point, it's maybe on you. And no matter what diet you find, you're not going to necessarily find healing because again, the common denominator is you. And I hate to say that, but that is why, again, the Carnivore Cure Program is going to be focusing more on the mental side and not as much about the dietary because I'm finding over and over with my clients that a lot of the non-healing is the fear that we have, the the belief, like the people listening to this right now, have you ever thought you can be fully healed? Have you ever imagined your life that you have fully healed, that you are the weight that you want to be, that you can be free of your disease, your illness, your mental health imbalances, your loose stools? Have you ever imagined life without it? Or do you think... Of course, of course, this is going to happen to me. Of course, this isn't going to work for me like it did for Michaela. And if that's the mindset, well, you know what? That's all that you're going to manifest. It's it's very apparent more and more. Right. I want to say two things about the food, and then I know um, we got to go. But the first thing I want to say is that from a carnivore perspective, like, again, mimicking what other people are eating, the big popular food right now everybody's eating are these meat bars, which is essentially where they take ground beef, they put it in an air fryer, and they cook it. And it's like literally ground beef in an air fryer, which is fine. But the fat drains out of that. And I don't know if people are adding fat back to it or not. But if all you're living on is this ground beef, I can't eat plain ground beef and be healthy and satisfied because it is not enough calories and fat to sustain me. My hair will start falling out. I start having issues. I am very low in energy. 
It completely increases my cravings because I'm not fully satisfied. If somebody is healthy doing that, great. That's totally fine. But if you are living on this drained ground beef, my guess is over time, you are going to experience hormone issues and you are going to experience problems because it is such high protein and such low fat. It's going to cause an issue. Not calling out the people that are saying it's working for them. It might be working for them. But for me personally, I know that it would cause me problems. And the other thing is to say that you can eat seasonal fruits. Sure, you can eat seasonal fruits. A lot of people can. But let's also remember what is a seasonal fruit. On my grandparents' farm this past couple of weeks when we went, they have wild apple trees on there. These apples are so tiny. I can almost put them in the palm of my hand and they look all crazy and they have spots on them and like that. And they're very tart. That is a wild apple, right? That grows in the woods. Then I go to the grocery store and I see these giant honey crisp apples that are the size of my face. And those are clearly not wild apples. You can buy those apples in the grocery store 365 days a year. You can go to the grocery store right now in Canada and buy mangoes. I'm sorry, those are not seasonal mangoes. And wherever they're coming from, if somebody can eat a mango once or twice a year that comes off a tree and it's seasonal, fine. But those wild apples that grow on my grandparents' farm fall for about two weeks out of the year. We can't live our lives they are designed, those fruits come and those starchy carbs, pumpkins and squash and all those things are ripe right in the fall. They are designed to give people these extra carbs and calories to make them gain fat so then they can survive the lean winters when no food and fruit grows. If you've been like me and you've been living like it's fall, stocking up for winter for the last 20 years... Like you can't have, first of all, those fruits in the store are not necessarily seasonal fruits. And second of all, you can't live that way anymore. I can't live that way anymore because of the fact that I spent 20 years acting like it was my last meal on earth and that I needed to prepare for this long winter of lean. And so I think the point that we both want to say is like to say that I need to eat those fruits and I need to eat those sugars is, is to be healthy is what I have a problem with more. That's the point. My point I want to make in this episode is do whatever you want to do. People can eat however they want to eat. You can find what works for you, but don't tell me that I can't do something that's saved my life and that's healed me. And that's continued to heal tons of people because of the fact that you, it didn't work for you in your context. Well, now you're being dogmatic. Right. Of course. So I'm going to put that in my Instagram profile is Laura dogmatic carnivore. So from a illness perspective, it's crazy that people think squash is one of the healthiest foods to introduce, because I can tell you right now that it's very high in lectins and lectins are known as anti-nutrients to cause gut permeability. And then secondly, a lot of people are intolerant to ground beef. A lot of people have histamine issues with ground beef. And so it's very interesting that um, that these trends come and go without any, I guess, evidence other than, hey, it worked for me, so you should try it too. But in general, beef is also really low in B1. And I just had a client today send me their results that they were low in B1, and that was one of the reasons they weren't feeling well. And so now they're eating a ton of pork. And that is what I've been saying, but people got scared off because of the PUFAs. It's just, I think... We just need to get to a point of stop getting fear mongered because I think the question should always be, if you feel scared after watching something or hearing something, ask the question, what was their point of scaring me? And if it's because they want you to follow their new diet or they want you to buy their new test or supplement, then you you have to wonder, is it for my benefit or is it really for their pocket's benefit, right? I really just think you should think that. Right. It's interesting. That's all we got. All right. Yeah. Thanks, guys. We hope this was positive. I know Judy and I went on a little bit of a rant today. We hope more than anything that you stand up for what's working for you. You continue to search for those things. And please just block out the noise, like find the, you know, filter in. If you're getting overwhelmed by the content you're consuming, like you need to edit what is happening in your life. And if that's us, like, we understand, but, um, we just, we want you to feel positive. We want you to feel supportive and we want you to heal and to find what's working for you. So make sure that's happening for you. And if anything, look into the studies, 
I mean, that's yeah. as simple as it can be. Read through what we, we talk so much about when we take medication, we should read the fine print and the inserts. Well, we need to start doing that with these studies that people bring up to say, look at, look at my evidence. So therefore I'm right. Um, I think it's time to look at the studies and really read it yourself. Cool. Thanks for tuning in to the Cutting Against the Grain podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to share and leave us a review and leave any comments and questions on Apple Podcasts. We will read and answer your questions and comments on an upcoming podcast episode. This also helps us to share our real talk with more community members. You can also find me on my other podcast, Nutrition with Judy, on all podcast channels. You can also follow my content on Nutrition with Judy's Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. You can find Carnivore Cure in paperback, ebook, and audio on Amazon. I also have a blog post and weekly newsletter with nutrition and wellness updates. You can sign up at nutritionwithjudy.com. You can find Laura on Instagram at Laura Eastbath. You can follow along on her daily stories and see some of her funny skits. You can also find Laura on her YouTube channel where she shares tips on living a meat-based lifestyle. If you're wondering how much meat to eat in a day, week, or month, Laura has you covered. She also shares how to make a perfect sear on a steak and how extended fasting looks like in real life. You can find her YouTube channel by searching Laura's Bath. Thanks again for listening to the Cutting Against the Grain podcast. And remember, make sure to cut against the grain. Thanks for tuning in to the Cutting Against the Grain podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to share and leave us a review and leave any comments and questions on Apple Podcasts. We will read and answer your questions and comments on an upcoming podcast episode. This also helps us to share our real talk with more community members. You can also find me on my other podcast, Nutrition with Judy, on all podcast channels. You can also follow my content on Nutrition with Judy's Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. You can find Carnivore Cure in paperback, ebook, and audio on Amazon. I also have a blog post and weekly newsletter with nutrition and wellness updates. You can sign up at nutritionwithjudy.com. You can find Laura on Instagram at Laura Eastbath. You can follow along on her daily stories and see some of her funny skits. You can also find Laura on her YouTube channel where she shares tips on living a meat-based lifestyle. If you're wondering how much meat to eat in a day, week, or month, Laura has you covered. She also shares how to make a perfect sear on a steak and how extended fasting looks like in real life. You can find her YouTube channel by searching Laura's Bath. Thanks again for listening to the Cutting Against the Grain podcast. And remember, make sure to cut against the grain. <laughs>